Hi, welcome to the Target Outcome Podcast. I'm Steve Grady, and I'm really glad you're here today because this is an exciting power glass pipeline stage, which is the expand stage. So in the last episode, we did our onboarding enter stage. Now, this is really where a majority of the revenue that you're going to generate from your customer is going to come from. As you've onboarded your customer, you secured your quick wins with them, they're happy as they indicated on the survey you took, and they're buying their expected volumes. And the first concept I want to talk about today is the fact that you are now going to change the nature of your relationship from a customer to client, and you're going to do this by becoming their trusted consultant and advisor. And so what is a consultant? A consultant is someone who's giving expert advice to people in professional, technical, financial, legal business, or other specialized fields. So being a consultant takes a unique skill set that balances both analytical abilities and excellent communication. And your consulting intent in working with your customer is to find new problems that you can solve with your products and services. As you have discussions with your customer, you discover issues, you share ideas, you explain concepts, you present findings, you help them understand what how you've helped other people in other situations, essentially case studies, and you find new ways to serve. You may even be able to create some added revenues by charging for your consulting that might take the uh, um, manifestation of audits or reports or other things you can do to actually be paid because there's a lot of value that you're going to bring to your customer. Now, as, as you turn your customers into clients, what is it that clients want? This is concept two. There's three things I want to talk to you about today. The first is convenience. Is it easy to do business with you? Or do you err on the side of what's easy for you and not your customer? So if you have this kind of focus, you'll be able to create a consulting mindset that starts to take your customer to a client. The second thing that true clients want is personalization. They develop loyalty to brands and companies that show they understand them and what they're looking for. So you have to be empathetic. And the only way you can be empathetic is you got to listen to the answers to questions you're posing. And if you really begin to understand their business, they'll come to trust that you know their interests are what you're there to serve. And so that's really important. And the third thing that clients want is technology. They expect technology should make their experience with your brand more valuable and your online experience is better. So again, the three things here in terms of what clients want, you need to focus on convenience, personalization, and technology. Now, how do clients act? How can you tell when customers are starting to turn into clients? Well, you know, they start to say things that they thank you when you have discussions with them because they've got value. They say, hey, thank that was a really great conversation. I got a lot out of that. Thank you for sharing. Better still, they seek you out for information and your opinion. And they share information that they don't share with other vendors. So as you really get to this, this trusted advisor role, you're going to hear the problems and challenges they're having first. And you basically get the first right then to solve that for them and bring a solution before anybody else can. And a lot of times they consider you a friend. Customers still may be a little hands-off. Maybe it's sort of a business relationship. But as you start to develop a client relationship, you actually begin to develop friendships because that, that no like is really turned into trust, and that's really important. 
So how do you create clients? Way back up in the prospect funnel, we talked in the consider phase, we asked our prospects the right questions. We covered their unique needs and identified their expectations. Now we do that again with your new customers to turn them into clients by digging in, by asking the right questions, uncovering their unique needs and identifying their expectations by asking questions like, so what are your key corporate initiatives? What are your key objectives and goals? What are your company's key performance indicators? That What are the important things that you're measuring and what are those goals? And what are your new target markets and companies? Where are you taking your business and how can I help you get there? These are important questions to ask as you're developing these kind of business level relationships. Concept three, I want to talk a little bit about the kinds of questions that you ask as a consultant to help your customers with their customers and their prospects. So you ask the kind of questions and have the dialogue. You say, hey, you know, what important customer needs uh, do you want to serve for your customers? What are their additional problems, challenges, needs, and wants? What are the symptoms of their problems? What is their desired outcome from solving their problems? Number five, what is the solution that will drive successful transformation? Or lastly, what are the indications that your customers are spending money solving these problems? If you can help them work through these things, you're really adding value to the business. And hopefully it'll do two things. It'll either drive use of your existing products and services, or it may give you ideas for new products and services that you can bring to them to solve additional problems. Because these kind of discussions then affect the trajectory on your customer scenarios. Remember in the last episode, we talked about the four things that can kind of happen with your customer over a lifetime, over a life cycle. Um, and since we're in the expand phase and they're buying from you, we kind of got past the buy and bolt. So now we'll take a look at avoid the bloom falls off the rose scenario. And that is they're starting to buy, they're starting to buy, but you don't develop this client relationship. And because you didn't become a trusted advisor and really understand them and you're not in their buy decisions, they go to other people and your sales start to fall off. So it's just, you know, the classical up and down and they leave and you may not be able to engage with them again in the future. And so you really have an opportunity to direct the path, whether the sales fall off or better still, you're going to wind up in the, the lifetime client mode where not only do sales keep rising, you basically sell them everything that you can sell them. That tipping point in terms of whether it falls off or continues to grow is whether you've established a full client relationship with your customer. That's why it's so critical to build on that because that lifetime client is going to go over several years and you're going to wind up with a lifetime value that's much more significant than the initial sale. The other thing, of course, is you dive in and ask these questions, you'll be able to potentially go in to create new territories. That was the fourth scenario we talked about, where not only do you have 100% wallet share, but you find new areas to sell your products and services or create new products and services that you can sell to them to expand your business. It's very important to understand where you are in those scenarios. Let me touch on concept five, and that is how much do you spend to win versus keep? You know, a lot of companies focus on the prospect funnel. They spend a ton of money up there trying to get new customers. And the question is, how much does it cost you to keep your existing customers? And so the cool analysis here is, you know, first, 
What are your costs for winning new customers? Kind of write that down. What's it cost to win new customers? And then what are you spending? What are your costs for keeping existing customers? And so part of the analysis is what does it cost you on average when you lose a customer? I mean, some costs aren't recovered, but in your profits decrease, poor customer retention hurts business sustainability, and frankly, lost customers hurt morale. And again, we talked about this quote from Frederick Reichel that's a 5% improvement in customer retention rates wield a 25 to 100% increase in profits because you don't have to spend that much to keep your clients. So it's great exercise here is to kind of calculate your average cost of acquisition per customer and your average cost on retaining customers, then understand your average cost for losing a customer. And what'll jump out at you is spending time in this phase in the customer pyramid, which we call the golden triangle, the, the enter, expand, and exclusive phase, um, spending time and attention here will pay off fantastically for you. It has a great ROI compared to uh, the ROI you're getting on, on new prospecting. So you need to spend both. That We talked about having a balanced prospect funnel and customer pyramid. Have the same amount of attention applied to them. It's really going to give you a healthy business. So let's talk about concept six. That's your customer experience. That is certainly the impression that you leave with your customer resulting in how they think of your company across every stage of the customer journey. And, you know, there's two primary touch points that create the customer experience, and that is your products and services, but your people, right? And what's intriguing here, 90% of customers believe most brands fail to meet their expectations. But studies have also shown that about 82% of the marketers believe they're meeting expectations. So we have this huge gap of what customers experience and their expectations are with marketeers. So we really need to dig in and understand where our customers are at. And customer experience is totally dependent on how well you could do transformation success. So remember we talked earlier about the before and after, especially in the in the prospect funnel. We say, what's their problem areas? How do they feel? What's their average day? What's their status before? They have pains and frustrations. And your promise was to get them to a successful after where they feel great, they're happy, they have a wonderful day, their status is improved. And if you make that transformation promise come true, your customers will have a great experience. So that's how you focus on it. And so how do you measure customer experience? Well, certainly you can analyze customer satisfaction survey results, identify your rate and reasons for your customer churn. You know, are your customers suggesting new products and features to you? If they're having a great experience, they want more and they'll offer up suggestions. You need to pay attention to that. Uh, do things like analyzing your customer support ticket trends. You can really get a feel for what your customers are experiencing and where they're in uh, that process. Concept seven takes this same question and points it at your employees. So we call it employee engagement or employee experience. One key thing here, I can't harp on this enough, your employee's experience will dictate your customer's experience. So what's interesting to think about, your employees go through the exact journey as your customers. And so we can think about in this concept using the power glass pipeline concept with our employees. So think about it. Up in the prospect funnel, you're looking to attract great talent that are ideal fit uh, for their roles 
you hire staff who embrace your cause, primary beliefs, and core values. So they come into your company. You do successful onboarding in the enter phase with quick wins. You expand their capabilities and responsibilities, and they you, you they earn your trust. You earn their trust. It's a great relationship. They become loyal and evangelize your companies to others. So think about looking at the Power Glass Pipeline visuals as an employee journey, it has exactly the same format and a lot of the same emotions and a lot of the same things you do to create great experience for employees, the exact same thing and steps you take to make great experiences for your customers and clients. And of course, how do you measure employee experience? Well, you know, kind of deja vu all over again, you analyze employee satisfaction survey results, you identify the rate and re reasons for employee churn, um, you know, really engaged and, and happy employees suggest better processes and product service upgrades. And of course, you want to also analyze employee issues and feedback trends. So the same tools you use to manage your customer experience, you use to manage and understand your employee experience too. They're parallel processes and they really um, interact so critically with each other. It's so important to have your employees have a wonderful experience because that'll just go directly into how well your customer experience is and how you create customers into clients. So that's what we have for today in the expand phase. Such a key phase because this is where majority of the revenues are are built and relationships are built and lifetime customer and loyal customers are built here. So if you want a little more information, please go over to targetoutcome.com slash powerglass-pipeline. Get some more information, not only the Powerglass Pipeline, while you're there, you can see an offer for the Powerglass Pipeline playbook and the full Powerglass Pipeline course. So look forward to seeing you there and engaging. If you like this episode, let me know in my LinkedIn profile. And I'm going to see you in the next episode as we start now to look at the exclusive phase in the customer pyramid. I'll see you there.